Hello and welcome to the With Love podcast, where everything we say, do, and talk about is in love and from a place of love. I'm your host, Bella. And I'm your host, Abby. And we are so excited to go on this journey with you guys. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume, and let's talk about all things life. Hello and welcome to the second episode of With Love, the podcast. Today we are talking about being in the world, not of the world. So what does this actually mean? Well, in my opinion, it means Romans 12 verse 2. Do not conform to the world around you, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And my interpretation of this is that when we choose to follow Jesus and live for a heavenly purpose, we're no longer of the world and our whole concept of the world should and does change. We're no longer living for ourselves and for our own purpose. We're living for something greater. And as our perspective and mindset changes, the way we live will also change. We begin to live set apart with a higher purpose. To not conform means to live with a biblical standard in mind. It means not sleeping around, saving sex for the covenant of marriage, choosing not to drink excessively or get drunk on wine, as the Bible says, choosing not to smoke or do drugs, basically not live as the world does, but live as Christ would in a way that honors him. Essentially, being in the world, not of it, is saying, although this looks fun and inviting and everyone is doing it, I don't need to and I don't want to. Yeah, I love that. And I agree with everything you said. And I think ultimately, as a Christian, it's important to understand that we are actually here living for Jesus. We're on earth to live for him, not to live for ourselves. Yeah. And um, I found that living here on earth, as much as we are all here for a reason and for such a time as this, we've actually been put on earth by Jesus and obviously are living in this world, but we are not of this world. Mm. And I think once we understand that, Um, And we can see how we have been set apart by Jesus and that he has called us to something greater than ourselves. We'll begin to see things differently. And I feel like out of that comes a desire for things here on earth that cannot be satisfied. Yeah. And that's because we've all been made by Jesus for an eternal world with him. And um, when you know Jesus, you long for things so great that this world cannot offer, basically, because this is a fallen world that we live in. And there's a C.S. Lewis quote, which I love. And I've held on to for a long time. And it says, if we find ourselves with the desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. And this desire is something that the world cannot offer because living for Jesus means living different to how the world tells us to live. So we're never actually going to be satisfied by what the world can give us. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of being in this fallen world, the evidence of that is all around us. Like we open social media, Instagram, TikTok, we see the evidence of this everywhere. The evidence of it trickles into our friendships, into our schools and universities and wherever we find ourselves, the evidence of the fallen world is everywhere. We do not have to go far to find it. Yeah, exactly. And in general, society does not push us to live for Jesus. It pushes us to live for ourselves, for our own selfish gain, which like we're all humans, we are or selfish by nature but society pushes for that and feeds off that and um, ultimately tells us to live however makes us happy but the bible actually gives so many directions on how to live according to god's will and what he wants for us and um as a society and a generation of jesus loving individuals mm-hmm. and also as young people i feel like we need to get better at following these god-given instructions and understanding them for what they really are Yes, 100%. And so many of us roam the earth wondering, why is life so hard? And why if I become a Christian, I can't do this or this? 
but I don't actually think it's a, I can't do this thing. I think it's an, I want to be like Christ. I want to submit my life to him kind of thing. I want to take up my cross daily. I want to submit to who he is and his way of living. Yeah, I agree. And I like how you said it's not a I can or I can't thing because I really believe that too. And it's not like mm. you should look at things and be like, oh, I'm a Christian, so I can do that. Or I'm a Christian, so I cannot do that. But it's actually about having a true and honest relationship with God. And through that, as you grow closer to Jesus, I believe, like you said about convictions, I believe he'll give you these convictions with a line that align with his word and with his plan. And you have to be open to that to allow Jesus to transform you and help you get there. But um, if you allow God to change you from the inside out, you will not view like the decisions or the way you live as a form of restriction or something yeah. you can or can't do. But I think it will actually just become a part of who you are because it's what you would desire. Mm. And um, the Bible also like outlines how fleshly desires are not what should govern us, but rather the spirit. And it literally says, for the flesh desires was contrary to the spirit and the spirit was contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. So you are not to do whatever you want. Like Jesus knows that we're human and that we have flesh and that we want to do whatever we want. But that's why he's given us the Holy Spirit. And it's so much stronger than our flesh. And we have the ability to deny our flesh and live according to our spirit, which should be wanting to put Jesus first. Yeah, exactly. And I think we have to notice how the spirit actually does convict us. And when we're living things that were once appealing and fun there suddenly aren't because the holy spirit now lives in us the things that we used to do with our friends suddenly aren't as cool as they once were we want to live different now we want to live with an eternal perspective and that means not doing things that the world deems as the way and in the bible it literally says if the world hates you keep in mind it hated me first if you belong to the world it would love you as its own as it is you do not belong to the world but i have chosen you out of the world that is why the world hates you So that's a super intense verse, but it's so true. Living for Jesus is so hard. Living with convictions and following them and being like staying true to them is so hard. The Bible literally says we will be hated because of it. So I just think often when I read this, I think of like how in high school at around year 10 or I think it was year 10, um, all my friends started partying. They started living the life that a lot of our friends do and a lot of people around us do when they're not following Christ. They started clubbing and drinking and having sex and sleeping around and doing all these different things that I, as a Christian with strong convictions by the spirit, um, didn't want to do and didn't want to partake in. And a lot of them turned their backs on me. And that was really hard. And a lot of them chose to hate me and chose to hate the way I was living. And this verse really gave me a lot of hope in those situations. But at around year 11, a year or so later, they slowly started accepting it and they started coming to terms with, oh, Bella can hang out, but she doesn't have to do this, this or this. Bella's still fun, even though she doesn't drink or party or go crazy like the rest of us do. And I think that when they started accepting that, I felt a lot happier, but there was also still a lot of pressure. And I think the thing that set me apart was how I responded to this pressure, because there will always be pressure in every situation we find ourselves in, but it's how we respond to this pressure that actually sets us apart and as Jesus loving relational Christians yeah definitely I love that and I think like you said people hated Jesus like people literally hated Jesus so if you feel like people hate you for loving Jesus that's okay because they hated him too so he knows yeah and like that's actually kind of comforting in a weird type of way because it's like Jesus knows what it feels like to be excluded like Bella mentioned in school or he feels like he knows what it feels like to be hated so he actually knows exactly what you're feeling right now and he's not going to leave you there he's going to bring you out of it 
And um, I liked how you said you struggled with this because I feel like almost everyone probably does at some point. And when you do, I think it can be super easy to lose heart and get discouraged, especially like when you're young in school. And like you said, you were the only one in your friend group who believes in Jesus or mm. maybe you're the only one in your school even who ever believes in Jesus. But um, that can actually lead you to feel super excluded or friends can actually make you feel super embarrassed. I know that's something I experience as well for what you believe and how you live. And they might even make you feel like you're weird. A lot of people probably think I'm weird, but I actually don't <laughs> care anymore. We are all a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. But as much as people try to make you feel a certain way, I really believe there is a security that comes with knowing Jesus. And there's a joy, there's a joy of the Lord, which is a different type of joy. It's like a deep rooted joy that you have in spite of your circumstances. And I don't actually think people look at you and exclude you because they don't like you or because they think you are weird. But I actually think it's because they see that the security and this joy you have and they know they could have it too, but they're afraid of laying down their own life and maybe watching you make them feel convicted like Bella spoke about. And they actually can't handle it because chances are they probably want that exact same security and joy for themselves, but that would require them laying down their own desires. And it would cry. It, it requires us to no longer live for ourselves, which can be a very scary and difficult thing yeah. to do, especially if it's not something you've ever done before. Because, yeah, we do want to please ourselves and we want to feel like we're in control of our own lives and laying down our own desires for what Jesus wants and giving all control to him to trust who he, who he is and what he has. And having so much faith can be very difficult. Even I've found that difficult even knowing Jesus like yeah. for many years, it's difficult and you have to choose literally every day to trust what he has. Yeah. And I think so many people don't actually understand the concept of convictions, especially people that aren't Christian or don't have a perspective of the Holy Spirit. And I think people can actually feel very condemned or ashamed by the way that we live. And just know that if people are deflecting that onto you, it's probably not you. It's likely the Holy Spirit convicting them, but they don't know what that is. And therefore they feel judged or um, they misinterpret our right way of living as condemnation. But also in that, be careful with how you tell people, no, I don't want to do this. Or no, I'm not doing that because of Jesus and because I want to live a different standard. Like don't push it onto them and don't, but also don't allow them to push their guilt and their shame onto you and make you feel bad for the way you're living. If you handle them with love and care and you know that you really do love them, rest in knowing it's honestly probably the Holy Spirit convicting them and they just don't know it yet. Yeah. And um, I think... I just want to say like ultimately Jesus knows and he sees every situation and he sees every relationship you're in. And if it's your family, if it's your friends, if it's your school, Jesus is actually in it and he's going to get you through it. Yeah. You're not alone. Yeah. And I think in those type of situations, it can be tempting to lose heart. Um, Yeah. Because I feel like it can actually get quite exhausting just even being with people who maybe feel like you, they maybe it feels like they do constantly criticize you for how you live. And um, I am sorry if that happens because I know how that feels and it's the worst feeling ever. But yeah, Jesus really does have you in the palm of his hand, as we like to say. We always say that, guys. That's one of our (laughs) things to each other. God's got me in the palm of his hand. Um, (laughs) It actually, that funny fact, that started because I was losing at a card game and I didn't want to admit that I was losing. So I started saying that and now we've just coined it. (laughs) And now... I love it. It's a good Now reminder. we love it. And it's actually something to live by. Jesus does have us in the palm of his hand. If, 
if you feel alone, just know that you're not. Like, no matter how alone you feel, you are not alone. And I know a second ago I just touched on losing heart, but I wanted to touch on losing heart because other people, specifically non-Christians, have what you want. And this is something that I think used to affect me a lot, seeing how successful non-Christians were. And they seemed to never be alone. They had all the things I wanted, lived the life that, honestly, we probably all desire. And I always ask myself, like, why do these people get to have this? I'm out here living for the reason, the very reason we were created. I'm living for it. I'm doing it. But I'm not at the same level of success as these people. Why? And I think a lot of people struggle with that. But honestly, now with a mature perspective, looking back on it, I was only measuring success by the world standard. And these people were successful according to the world standards. They had the money, the cars, the houses, the friends, the people. But looking back on it now, honestly, I would much rather an eternal success any day. I'd rather spend my next, I don't know, 50, 80, 100 years, however long I'm on here, building towards my eternity and living with an eternal perspective because my time on earth is so short. It is literally the shortest part of my life. If I'm going to be alive for an eternity, I'd rather build towards that eternity then try build up all this wealth here on earth that I can't actually take anywhere with me. Yeah, of how you said that it's eternal, um, what we're doing here on earth, because I really feel like with Jesus, obviously we are going to live for eternity, which is the craziest thing to think about, but it's also the most amazing thing. And um, thinking about losing heart, I just wanted to say even Paul in the Bible was actually tempted to lose heart. But he literally said, he said, we cannot lose heart because in Jesus we have received a treasure. And this treasure is inward and unseen. And the amazing thing is that it lasts into eternity. And the treasure we have in Jesus is described as actually being in jars of clay. It's inside of us. And like Bella said, the world focuses on the outside. It focuses on how we look, what we achieve, um, how much money we have, or where we stand socially. But Jesus actually looks at the unseen and he looks at the internal. He cares so much more about our thoughts and beliefs and our attitudes and how determine our outward actions and um if you believe in jesus and follow what the bible says your internal desires will align with that and the way you act will demonstrate that yeah exactly and even in one timothy it says live a life where we honor him in speech conduct love faith and purity so like ask yourself is the way i'm doing this or demonstrating these things is it honorable is the way i'm speaking honorable does it show that i love jesus does the way i conduct myself show that i love jesus the way i am at parties with my secular friends which you should have secular friends we're going to talk about friends in a bit but honestly secular friends and christian friends are both equally important and the way you are around them does it show that you're living for eternity with an eternal perspective i remember once this is such a silly example but once when i was finishing my final year of high school i was at some party you know, one of those like celebration parties. And there was like this frozen margarita machine and I don't drink. I made a decision a while ago. I wasn't going to drink at these parties and situations. And I was like, uh, everyone was offering me some. And I almost was tempted to, because I was like, oh, it's the end of high school. Oh, I'm with all my friends. It's so great. But honestly, I said no. And in saying no, I was showing them that I'm putting Jesus above all else. And even though I want to celebrate with them by drinking these frozen mugs I didn't need to in order to have fun <laughs> I know that's such a silly example like what year 12 has frozen margarita machine but literally like I was showing them that I'm putting Jesus above uh, above this desire and this fleshly want right now <laughs> and why did I do that because honestly we might be the only bible that people meet so we should be really careful with how we act around 
these kind of situations and these people and we need to honestly honor him in all that we do yeah exactly and um I think like the whole point of that is not to say like you can't have a frozen margarita or whatever because yeah. it's so funny <laughs> but I actually love that Bella said she decided not to do that in those situations it's a decision she'd made prior to even being in that environment <laughs> Because that decision ultimately set up how she was going to act and how she, what she felt um, and how she was convicted about certain things. So when she entered that environment, her mind was already made up. She didn't even need to worry about thinking, oh, my gosh, what if my flesh wants this or what if I do this or whatever? Because it's when you're in the environment that things can happen very easily, things that you never thought would happen. Things yeah. can go places you don't expect. So I think if, you, if you've already made up your mind and you already know where you stand on things – that's the first step to actually making good decisions as well. Um, but also the story that Bella mentioned about the frozen margaritas <laughs> demonstrates how people have free will. And Jesus has given us free will for a reason. He's given us the ability to choose. And we can choose exactly how we want to live. It's up to us to decide. But at the same time, he's given us wisdom and he's given us instructions. And if you do love Jesus, you will want to honor him with your life. And the choices you make will reflect this. And it actually may feel like at times you're losing out or missing out. Or maybe you feel like Jesus did not even see the sacrifices that you are making. Trust me, we've been there. I've been there. Mm-hmm. But I also have seen that he does see the sacrifices you're making. And he cares so much. And he actually will honor those who honor him. It literally says that in 1 Samuel, it says, those who honor me, I will honor. So I really believe, like, hold true yeah. to that. And if you put God first, he will, you will be honoring him and he will honor you. Yeah, exactly. And honor is so important, as I just mentioned a little bit ago. But um, I wanted to talk about honor really quick because I wanted to ask or kind of touch on why we actually honor. And, well, one, we honor because it's biblical, as you said, in the, Bi- in the Bible in 1 Samuel. But also in Proverbs 3, it says, honor God with first fruits of all your produce and in Corinthians 1 Corinthians it says to whatever it says to do whatever we eat oh wait it says whatever we eat or drink or do do it all to the glory of God therefore we should be honoring God in all that we're producing and in all that we're doing it should go together this means in every aspect of life honor him the way we live should be an honor to him the way we honor God shows how we will honor others in the bible it literally speaks of honor 479 different times that's a whole lot of times and it relates to honoring God but it also relates to honoring other people and the main takeaway from all those 479 times is that Without honoring God, we cannot honor anything else. So choose all that we do. Do it in a way that honors God and in a godly manner. And I also love the scripture um, in 1 Corinthians 11 that says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. This is something that we should all be doing and a way that we should all be living. We have to be living a life of example. And we can do this by honoring him and making sure that we are honoring him. One day we're all going to stand before God and give an account of our lives. And do we want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant? Or at the party, do we want to hear chug, chug, chug? We like to drink as well as jello, <laughs> mate. <laughs> like, I know this is so funny. But do we want to hear that more than we want to hear Jesus say to us, well done, good and faithful servant? Like, we have to choose our priorities in these situations and choose how we're going to live and choose what we're going to honor. And I just want to say we are going to probably lose friends in the midst of all this because it is hard. Like we said, people are going to hate you. The world is going to ridicule you. But if you're driven by the idea of eternity and living for eternity, it cannot affect you the way the devil intends for it to. 
Yeah, that's so good. And like, I think a lot of the time when you become a Christian, it does feel like you mm-hmm. you do have to lay down your own life. And um, it can feel like maybe Jesus is actually stripping you of everything you have. I know, like, as Bella said, you can lose friends. You can lose things that you once found security in. But Jesus actually redeems that more like to a greater place than you ever would have imagined. And sometimes it does take a bit of time. So maybe you're in that now. But be patient and keep trusting. And I promise you, Jesus will work everything for good. Yeah. And he will redeem everything that you feel like maybe you have lost, which actually I feel like in just a little bit of time won't feel like a loss anymore. But I feel like everything you feel like you have lost, Jesus does redeem it. Mm. And ultimately our goal should be to live to please Jesus anyway not to please other people but at the same time it's important to understand that it's normal to want the approval of people because that's how God designed us he designed us for relationships and we all carry that natural desire within us to be loved and appreciated by other people and we want to fit in it's just human nature and um, this desire to belong and fit in can actually become a driving force behind a lot of the decisions we make and the things we do But it can actually be a problem, I think, when we focus too much on being liked, that it ends up becoming more of a people-pleasing thing than anything else. Because it's actually impossible to please every single person on earth. Like, how? There's 7 billion people. Not everyone is going to like you. But if that becomes your goal, to please everyone around you and have everyone like you, it will consume your life and you won't feel free or joyful. And you definitely won't be able to focus on what Jesus has for you. Um, But then on the other side of this, when you focus too much on the approval of others, I feel like you can begin to develop a fear of disapproval. And this is actually, this fear is what I feel like I saw the most probably like in school and being young and following Jesus is that people want to live for God and make these decisions that honor him, but they're actually afraid of the disapproval. They're afraid of what their friends or maybe even their family um, or just people around them might say. And they, some people, I feel like, were even embarrassed to say they would go to church because they're so fixated on what other people think and getting the praise and approval of those around them that they forget about what God thinks. Yeah. And I totally see how it can be difficult. It's no by no means easy. Mm-hmm. But I think if we really grasp that all that matters at the end of the day is pleasing Jesus and not pleasing other people, I really think we'll begin to have a peace um, that surpasses all understanding and yeah, it's improve- It's impossible to get the approval of everyone. Not everyone's going to like you. So you just do you. And those that like you for who you are, are your people. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, this whole living for Jesus thing, it is so hard. Like, so hard. It is spiritual warfare. I still struggle with it. Just this last Monday, I was reminded of it. I sat next to these, like, fashion TikTokers or something on an airplane. And they were coming to down to the city I was in and someone was flying them out and they were getting all this VIP treatment. And I was like, wow, that would be kind of fun. That would be cool. Like they get all the money, they get the clothes, but it's honestly so empty in the grand scheme of things. People literally lie on their deathbeds who have lived these great lives, these crazy adventures, and they feel as though they've missed something. They think this can't be all right. And why do they think this? Because they're missing the very thing we were created to have, need, and want. We were created by him, for him, on mission for him. Like, the desire for Jesus is in all of us. But people in the world, they won't understand that. And they're not going to understand that unless we step up and show them and tell them that this is Jesus and this is how he wants us to live. And honestly, I think the people around you also affect how easy it is to do this. Um, In Proverbs, it says, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Therefore, choose who you listen to. So we need to choose the voices in our lives 
And we need to choose what voices we do listen to because some voices we don't have control over. Like if your family is discouraging, if the people around you in your workplace are discouraging, like you need to choose who you're going to listen to. Some voices you can't escape, but you can choose what you're going to fill yourself with and what you're going to listen to at the end of the day. And the right voices is so, so important. Like it's hard putting in the effort to live, love and sacrifice for Christ. It is not easy. And honestly, telling the world about him and telling our secular friends about him is not easy. But choosing the right friends that we listen to is important. And finding friends in today's world is so hard. And I'm sorry, it's so hard. I've been there. I'm still there figuring out who my real friends are. Because living like a Christian in the world is a very lonely role road and being in the world but not of it can also be a very lonely road but choosing to live for eternity and be driven by this idea of eternity is how I want to live eternity should be our biggest motivator and the road is narrow it is hard but honestly whoever believes in him will have eternal life as it says in John and it's important to grasp this we need to show me your friends and I'll show you your future is such a true statement as well. And I used to think that this statement doesn't mean anything. Oh, it's just another statement that like youth leaders and Christians throw out there like crazy. I, I have all these secular friends and I'm fine. But honestly, it is so true. Now that I've gotten around good Christian friends, it is so true. And I don't, I didn't see that till I was out of it. And I didn't realize that I was listening to the wrong voices and letting them drag me down and tell me I shouldn't do this or this and I can't live like this. But I didn't realize it was affecting me the way it was at the time until I was left without any of them at the end of high school. And I didn't know it was pushing me towards Jesus or to church or being centered on him. I had no one and I felt like I had nothing in that time. But honestly, my relationship with Jesus, now that I have good Christian friends, is so good and so much better. And hardly any relationship without Jesus is going to work and be super strong. So I promise you sacrificing the night out at the club for a night at home will in the long run lead to a much more fruitful life. It won't just affect your present, but it'll affect your eternity. And that's what we are living for. Yeah. And um, like Bella said, it can sometimes feel a bit lonely, but I also wanted to say like, maybe you can be the one to go be a friend to someone not lonely forever like at the right time Jesus brings the right people and pray about it ask him to provide you with friends and maybe actually you see someone and you're like oh they seem like maybe they need a friend like go be their friend as well because yeah you'll gain a great friendship as well it's like you still have to put yourself out there and like go talk to people and make friends um Bella mentioned it's important to have friends that are not only Christians because you can't just associate with Christians right like Jesus didn't even do that and balance is so important Yes, I feel like Bella actually has, what do you think? I feel like you have good things about this. No, well, Jesus was friends with sinners, was friends with sinners. Um, He was friends with literally the worst of the worst, yet he did not sin. He had no sin in his life. He lived a God-fearing, God-honoring life and a life that all of us should be trying to and should want to follow by example. Um, So let's be that example to others. Like I often think of the story in the Bible where um, the lady was washing Jesus's feet and some one of the disciples said oh my gosh you can't let her wash your feet do you know who she is she's a sinner blah blah blah. and then Jesus responds and's like well let those without sin cast the first stone and all the disciples left because none of them were without sin it's our nature all of us are sinners everywhere around us is sin we are sin like but we are forgiven by the blood of Jesus and by his sacrifice and the closer we are to him the more we want to be like him and live like him and not live by this sinly worldly standard 
Um, and the more these earthly things don't affect us, the holier we are and the closer we get to him. I know this is so silly, but I used to love <laughs> rap music and songs with swear words like Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion. Those were my girls up in the gym <laughs> listening to it. But that was all I was filling myself with. And I know it's so silly. Like we still love Cardi B, but like <laughs> um, that yeah, was all I was filling myself with. And I was so far from the Holy Spirit and I didn't want to worship. I didn't want to be listening to Christian music. thought it was cringe and lame. But now that I'm closer to Jesus and I'm living by his example and trying to live like him more and more, the less those things actually appeal to me and the less that I want to listen to them and want to fill that with my life. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually hilarious. Like we still blast the Cardi B sometimes, but (laughs) I think it's, it's just like, like you you said, balance. Yeah, balance. Yeah. And like knowing what you're actually filling your soul with, because your soul is going to be filled with something. So if you are listening to like, rap 24 7 that's what your soul's going to be filled with so you've got to find like some type of healthy balance there <laughs> and um also before we finish I wanted to mention having Christian friends who live worldly lives because I know that is something I've experienced as well and it can be very real and it can be a very hard reality because um there are Christian friends who love Jesus but still want what the world offers and um I feel like this can actually be maybe even more difficult because you kind of feel like you know your friends know what they want, but it, they can't commit to anything, and that's really challenging. And I think if you feel close to them, like maybe speak to your friends, but sometimes you actually can't do that. And I know it can be so hard to do that as well. But something you can do is just like pray for them because honestly, Jesus cares. Like we said, he cares about every single person here on earth and he cares about our relationships. Yeah. And he wants everyone to love him and serve him and so yeah I just wanted to say if you feel like maybe that's something you're experiencing right now pray for your friends to help them and pray for God to even provide the right opportunity where you can talk to your friends about what is going yeah that's true and it's actually so hard to navigate this especially because we love our friends Christian or not it's hard seeing them live their lives in a way that we know is destructive and that's not going to help them in the long run um but the more you live different the more they'll begin to see what it really means to live for Jesus the more they'll see the way you're living and ask questions and maybe even want to start living like this and help them live like this if they come to you and say hey how do you do it? How do you not give in to the temptation and the lust and the desires? Because they are there and it's real tricky. It's hard. It's everywhere around us. But if they also, also something funny, if they tell you, Hey, you know what? It's fine. There's wine in the Bible. Like God turned water to wine, you know, not just any wine, the best wine. Like, yes, he did. But it's also says, don't get drunk on wine. Like have a rebuttal for them. It is so funny to get into these debates, not saying wine's bad. Wine is not inherently bad but I'm just saying like do not get drunk on it be of sober mind like enjoy it but be careful with how much you're consuming I know that's just a little funny example kind of thing but have a rebuttal it does lead to some funny conversations yeah totally and um I think if you keep living your life for Jesus like obviously you don't want to bible bash someone and like you can't force your convictions on to anyone else like people actually have to have this own revelation of who Jesus is for themselves and each person has to make their own decisions um but I think it's just nice to like be there for your friends and just Mm -hmm. encourage them in like a very respectful and honoring way and um keep living your life for Jesus and loving him through every situation and your friends will see the difference in your life when the and the Holy Spirit will grab their heart and he will convict their spirit it might take a bit of time but I believe that they'll get there 
And um, if it's something you're praying for and believing in, Jesus hears it and it will all be worth it in the end. And um, I also have a lot of friends and know a lot of people who do not believe in God, but we have a respect for each other. And I'm not going to force them to read the Bible, or believe in Jesus, just as they're not going to force me to believe in what they believe. But we can still get along and have great times together because we respect one another and we love one another for who we are. Jesus didn't say love only Christians. He said, love everyone. Yeah. And he said, literally love your neighbor. You don't know what your neighbor believes, but just love them for who they are. And if your friends cannot respect what you believe or they make you feel embarrassed by it, like we mentioned earlier, then they're probably not great friends Mm. because great friends will accept you for who you are as well. And they will love you just as you are. Yeah. And for whatever you believe. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, he does convict people and he does grab their spirits. Even when we feel like they're so far gone, then nothing is going to change. Can't be friends with them anymore. If you keep praying for them, he will. And he does, even just by his own will. He wants to see them live for him. But honestly, yeah. I remember reading this um, devotional recently and it said, pray for something so much that it starts to annoy him. So he just gives it to you. And they were yeah. kind of having like a little joke when they said it. But it stuck with me because I, w- I started thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm not praying enough. I'm not praying for this enough. It's not annoying him. That's why it's not happening, which isn't always true because his timing. But it's just something that I often think of now. Um, and it's something that I do really think is true. So if you're not praying for it, then I encourage you to start praying for it. And also one more thing that I just want to touch on before we close is um, pastors and mentors who live by the world standards is actually a very sad reality, especially in today's world. So if you're experiencing this, I just want to encourage you, tell someone, talk to Jesus about it, confront them if you have the opportunity to. Just because a person is in a leadership position or an example position or they're higher than you on some whatever hierarchy you are around, (laughs) it doesn't mean that you have to listen to them and it doesn't mean that the way they're living is how you should be living. And pastors leaders like they're gonna fall it's inevitable they are people so don't follow point by point what they do and do not put them on a pedestal if the lord convicts you it's not your job to police and convict other people um it's the holy spirit's role as we just said like so pray for that leader or that person that's an example to many pray that they're going to be able to see their ways they're going to not continue living like this and people aren't going to i guess conform to how these leaders are living because it is a sad and real reality that we are very I guess, confronted with right now. Yeah. And I think like, it's important to remember that at the end of the day, like everyone is a human. And as Bella said, like no one can throw the first stone because we are all sinners and sin is sin. There's not like levels to sin. So we're all at the end of the day on the same level in terms of that. But if there is someone like maybe in that position who, you know, is it's not going great. You should try like talk to them if you're in that position to do so. But if not, um, maybe find someone who can or just pray for them like Bella said but yeah that is a really difficult thing to see and witness and I think I've also kind of decided for myself that I don't want to be a confusing Christian which Mm -hmm. I think can be it can be a big thing to like think about because it can be confusing these days because people pick and choose what they want from Jesus and what they want from Christianity but it actually doesn't really work like that it's like you're either in for Jesus it's like it it says lay down your life every day it's a daily thing. You have to choose it every day. And um, yeah, I feel like if you don't be confusing about it, but literally just live your life the way Jesus would, like it's two things, love God and love people. Yeah. And through that, everything else will follow. And I think if you can choose that, your your actions actually speak low, so loud that people will notice something in you. Um, 
And I believe that's actually Jesus. And I don't think we realize just how much people can see by watching how we live. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, so we're basically done. But I just want to say Jesus, um, Bella actually already touched on this before, how every person will stand before him. But the Bible literally says Jesus, when Jesus returns, every single person will stand before him in worship and the mission of making Jesus known across the world will be completed, Mm -hmm. which ultimately means that eventually everyone is going to know Jesus. So who cares what they think about you living for Jesus right now? Because they're also guaranteed to meet Jesus one day too. It might take them a little bit longer, but that's okay because God knows what he is doing and it's his timing. But all you need to do is focus on living your life in a way that honors God. And you don't need to worry about being judged or criticized because people are everyone, you know, is going to meet Jesus at some point. And you don't understand just how much people can learn from watching your life. Yeah, exactly. That is so true. And also just before we close out, I want to say if you struggle with things, like if you struggle with lust, sexual desires, drinking excessively, porn, any of these things, like talk to someone about it. Talk to a friend, a counselor, a mentor, a mentor, someone who is going to help you get better, not someone who's going to make you feel good about your sin or just tell you to sit in it and to keep going. You'll be right. You'll get there. Like actually talk to someone that you know is going to help you. No, Tell someone who you know is going to tell you the truth, but in a way that you'll respond to it. Someone who loves you and wants the best for you. Someone you trust. So just be careful with who you tell, but be t- be sure to tell someone and make sure that you know that person is going to help you get better. Yeah, I love that. Well, I think that's pretty much everything for our second episode. Yeah. But Bella, do you want to tell us your three little takeaways from this episode? Yes. Okay. So we did this last episode and I loved it so much. So my top three takeaways are one, don't live hidden. If God were to physically walk into the room in front of you right now, he is always in the room, just a little reminder. But if he were to literally physically 3D walk into the room (laughs) tangibly, would, would you change anything that you're doing? Like if he walked into the party, if he came into the room where you and your partner were behind closed doors, would you feel ashamed or would you not want him to see what you've been doing? If you have, don't live like that. Like tell someone, don't allow yourself to continue living a hidden life. Two, live a life you feel proud to tell people about. And often this means living for eternity and living with an eternal perspective. It can be so hard when everyone around you is drinking and smoking and kissing and hooking up. And I remember when everyone around me was having their first kiss and I was like, no, not going to do it. Going to wait for the right person. I was so ashamed of this because I was like 16, never been kissed, blah, blah. But honestly, I was ashamed of this and I was ashamed to tell people. And I'm like, why would I be ashamed? Honestly, why would I be ashamed for living like the most famous person on earth? All these people post half naked photos on Instagram trying to be like the Kardashians. And I'm out here just trying to be like Jesus. And I'm ashamed of it. Why? You know? (laughs) And then lastly, don't be scared of losing your friends. Honestly, they will accept you for you and they'll accept you for your honesty. They'll love you even if you live differently. And if they don't, they're probably not the friends that are going to carry you through your future in the hard seasons, in the difficult times. You honestly just want friends that are going to love you for who you are, despite your differences. Like I love my dad, but he swims in the ocean every morning. He drinks super weak coffee. He chews with his mouth open. I know those are funny, but honestly, I still love him, but because he lives different to me and does things differently, I'm not going to stop loving him. So find friends that are actually real and that love you despite of being different. Yeah, (laughs) those are my three. Those are my three guys. Kind of went on a tangent, but there. 
Yeah, and I that is hilarious, Bella. But my three takeaways are number one, God cares about what's in your heart more than anything else. The second one is stop living for people and start living for Jesus. And the third one is loving God means that you live different. Yeah. Those are so good. To the world. Different to the world. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yay. Yay. that's all we have for you today we hope you enjoyed this podcast we got something out of it if you liked it please don't hesitate to give us a little like or a view and subscribe to our weekly uploads we'd love to hear from you guys so feel free to email us at withlovethepodcast at gmail.com or reach out via instagram at withlovethepod thanks for listening and catch you next friday for a new episode